favorite memory of FM 100? Call and share your story. 901-621-0100. Going through some changes. You bet we're going through some changes. David Bowie, who got his start right here on FM 100 back in the day. That's pretty amazing. What do you think about that? Pretty strong, right? That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I hadn't heard about David Bowie. Yeah, I made the whole thing mm, up. I was about to say. Did no. you, you made that up? No, we I did. No, <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, matter of fact, uh, John Scott, we talked about earlier in the early days, he was uh, the guy who, uh, he broke so many songs and records and albums. The list of bands goes on forever from, you know, from, uh, I guess, David Bowie to ZZ Top to, he just, the list is amazing on how many that, that they played first on on this radio station back yeah. in the day. We got room for some phone calls. You want to hit some calls? Yes, you're listening Let's... to FM 100. We should mention that's that. That's right. Forgot about the call letter thing. <laughs> Hello again. It is Ron Olson, Karen Perrin, and Steve Conley, along with our promotion director for decades, and now on the air, the one and only Cindy D. You know, we did so many great events uh, down through the years. Uh, for example, probably the TGI party, number one, right? The TGI FM 100 parties. Every Friday, we found a new place to go. It was, you know, from the Eagle's Nest, to Fridays at Overton Square. Which is where they actually started with Gary Guthrie, who was the program director when I started back in 80. He started those things, and it was uh, 25-cent beer and 75-cent mixed drinks. I know. Wow. I know. wow. How long ago was that? It was 1980. It was the first one, and we kept going. I wonder how many, in the many years, I wonder how many we did. Thousands. Oh, thousands, yeah. At least. And it was I still have decades. people come up and tell me, you know, I met my husband or wife yeah. at a TGIF 100 yeah, party. Definitely. If not that, it was going to be the rooftop parties. Remember, we used to do Thursday nights, and then they How wanted about, to do two cool, nights. Cool out with the coolers. That cool was the Tuesday nights and Thursday nights on the rooftop. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. So the yeah, rooftop party was uh, was a big hit. But there were so many things. How about the Star Spangled Celebrations? Huge. Oh, that was one of my babies, you know, from from the get-go. Now, my first Star Spangled, I didn't really know how to do it. I ended up producing it years and years after. But that first year, we had Mark Cohen on wow. the little Memphis wow. Park stage. We were on Mud Island. The many years were at Tom Lee Park. And there was always so many good musical acts. Um, from Debbie Gibson to Train, Uncle Cracker, Casey and the Sunshine yep. Band, yep. Cool and the Gang. Yep. Brother Al Green. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, Al Green, Al, it's like, get him off the stage. He won't stop. And the <laughs> and the Coast Guard is up there yelling at me. If he's not off the stage in five minutes, we're going to shut the whole thing down. And the reason <laughs> for that is that, that WMC, the WMC stations, FM 100, the AM station, and Channel 5, always paid for those fireworks. It yes. wasn't the city of Memphis. No, Nobody but Steve, knew that. But Steve Conley, if you didn't know, he always put the music together right. that backed the fireworks. He would pick out the, the shells and, and put painstaking oh, with uh, the guy from... From over in East Tennessee. And they had yeah. to start at a certain time. Well, they, because they had to close the river. And right. it was a, literally an act of Congress when you right. stop interstate traffic like that. So one time, this plebe from the Coast Guard pulls up. And we got the barge right in front of the stage area. And Al Green's up performing. And the guy tells me, he says, this is like 20 minutes before the show's supposed to go off. He says, uh, my chart says you got to be about a half a mile down the river. I said... Well, here's the people, and what are you talking about? We're the, now we got to... So this is before cell phones, and somehow we got a radio guy to his boss who was probably sitting there smoking a pipe in his house and got the guy to say, give it a break. Just blow the dang fireworks right, off. Right, right. But that was just wow. one of many. But, uh, but I, Shelby Farms, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. We moved to you, Shelby Farms. Right. Before that, nobody had ever Never. done anything nope. in Shelby Farms. And we put on one heck of a show for years and years, and it was a beautiful sight. And we had a lot of fun, and we gave away uh, several Ford cars. Sure. 
and um, and had some some pretty amazing acts come time. through there. And, and the radio station was a big part of the city, you know, from the Tigers to the, you know, everything. And then uh, we also, as a radio host, got to travel a lot and do broadcasts back in the day. That from was the best. All that was so fun. Yeah. Going to Disney, all on their nickel. I got a funny McKeever story, uh, probably one of the best ones ever. We got to go down there for the opening of Expo, you know, the big... Epcot? Epcot, not Expo. I guess there was Expo at Epcot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Epcot. So we go down there, and we first off, they flew us down there in Walt Disney's plane. Oh, my God. Like, incredible plane. They flew us down there, and we're going to film the TV commercials prior to the event. Well, McKeever and I, we were supposed to have read the script and memorized it, and then we get to the thing, and I hadn't seen the script. What are you talking about? Oh, no. What script? Like, so they, they have like five or six cameras, a whole crew. And you can imagine trying to cut something with McKeever. He was off the wall thing. So anyway, we kept on and on. And it was like 60 takes. Oh, it oh was my gosh. over and over trying to get the verbiage right. right. And, uh, and, the, and a guy later from Disney told me they kept all that stuff. He said it was one of the funniest things <laughs> that they've ever stockpiled. And I kept thinking, I'd love to go back and see me. He said, it was hysterical. You two couldn't do anything. Anyway, the Disney thing was fun. We got to go to Cayman. We, 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 went to to, we did. Cayman. We followed the firm movie down to Grand Cayman. That's right. We went to, of course, we they, they got delayed filming here. So we were down there by ourselves. But we had a great time. We got to go to Sandestin many years yes. in a row. And the Bahamas many And years. the Bahamas with our treasure hunt. Many That's cruises. Right. And we also got to go to Universal Studios. Oh, boy. There, I knew that. <laughs> Now watch, here comes Ron's story. <laughs> I tell, I've told this story so many times. What? Steve occasionally will say something that it, it's the foot in mouth, wrong time. He oh, was Steve. Yes, yes. Steve. So anyway, we we <laughs> we're at Universal Studios, and we've done this broadcast. A fabulous control room oh, down gosh, there. Gorgeous. Uh, Lucy and Rin Tin Tin, all the characters coming by. I was stuck back in the studio in Memphis there at Universal. Oh, People true. from Memphis are banging on the window. It's a lot of fun. We're giving away trips. So the very last show, the very last 10 minutes of the show on Friday, <laughs> they bring in all the characters and the people from Universal Studios come in. And the lady that we're working with, you know, that she's I, I'm, she's eating out of my hand. We're coming back because she just loves us. So Steve Conley <laughs> says one of my favorite things of all time. He says, and, and, and we're almost through. We're almost out the door, that just that like, close. And he says, just think, if it wasn't for Disney... <laughs> If it wasn't for Disney, none of this would be here. <laughs> and then he tried to uh, – that, that didn't come out right. We knew what he was saying, but it was the wrong time to tell the universal people that y'all wouldn't be here. Y'all wouldn't be nothing if Disney hadn't been there. And I looked over at the girl that was our uh, – one that worked with us, and she had a notepad. And I looked at her and went – she goes, no. She just <laughs> shook her head. I'm saying, we're not coming back. Just no. We're not coming back. Not no, coming you're back. not. No. You know, said, well, well, there you go. That's we're, a great we're on Steve. the air a lot, so it's easy to make a mistake from yes, time to time. That's Everybody's right. made their mistake from time to time. Yeah. We used to have a control board that was, oh it was God. already out of date. 
um, even when they put it in. It was just a piece of garbage, and it would short out right in the middle of the show. We'd be in the middle of something, and everything would go dark. But it really shorts out when, when you pour coffee when on When somebody it. spills coffee <laughs> in the room. So for, at this particular morning, Ron and, I, Ron and I are on the back of the control board, so we don't, we're don't we running the, the whole thing. Steve was running the show, right? He's potting up all the things. He's turning all the knobs. The next thing we know, Steve's coffee has spilled. You just hear oops. <laughs> and so, and then, so our microphones were in a row on what we call the control board. Well, one by one, the mic started going out. Boom, boom, and boom. all that was left was the mic in my little news booth. That's right. <laughs> and that's the only one that was left. In the meantime, our engineer at the time came in and decided he was Todd Tanner. It's Todd, Todd Tanner. <laughs> it wasn't Todd. It was Mark, wasn't it? No, Mark it was Magellan. Todd Tanner. It yes. could have been Mark Magelton. Either so, one were capable. what happened was, it's an electrical control panel. Yep. And coffee spilled on it. It was just plain coffee. And he decided to pour water on it. Yeah, to he's gonna it. he's gonna flush it out. He's going to uh, yeah. and but what was so funny is as the coffee started making its way That's down the, the board, yeah. Yeah, our mics and then yeah. your yeah. mic was yeah. open, yeah. then your mic went away, but then yeah. the only one that was left was Wendy Hayes <laughs> on traffic. And I said, Wendy, uh, we can't talk. Can you go up there and just say, Hey, they're having a problem, a technical issue? <laughs> oh, and man. oh my gosh. And we were out we had to move into the other studio for a couple of days before they fixed it but yeah, yeah. so many great stories yes, i'm exhausted <laughs> <laughs> and ron hasn't even scratched the surface can we play a record let's yeah. play a record yeah. how, about, okay. how about a record from a guy named uh, tom petty let's get this house of rocking oh yeah it's one of my favorites born in 1977 tom petty on fm 100 that's when it all started <laughs> that's when it started <laughs> tonight we ride <laughs> Tom Petty was not born in 77, Jill. We know that, right? Uh-huh. Right. Are can you, you, mic- me, can you hear me on this mic over here? I got this one. Can you hear me? Go, on, go to Clown Nose Mike. All right, gotcha. Clown Mike. Right. Huh. Having fun here today. We're going to take some phone calls. Let's take We're some taking phone calls. calls. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that people want to share stories with, and we appreciate you calling, too. Uh, if I can make it work, let's go. Lots of phone calls coming in. We've got our legendary former engineer and great dude, Paul Barziza, standing by. Paul, where are you Paul calling Bar-Sizza, from? Paul Barziza, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm calling from Cincinnati. All right. Are you listening in Cincinnati today? I am. I am. Uh, the, the signal just barely gets here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Odyssey app. All right. What about your memories of uh, being uh, at FM 100 and hanging out? I know you've got some good stories. Tell us a couple. Just far, far too many, but uh, but one that's applicable to you, Ron, uh, was when you uh, nicknamed me Puddin' Pop Barzizza. So, um, <laughs> the overnight ex- doctor of love. <laughs> Should we explain that Paul is one of the skinniest men you will ever meet, and he would always, like, shimmy up the, the tower outside the building, and he'd have the big tool belt on. Yes. He was very nimble. Well, the, the, I, th- I don't know if the Puddin' Pop name, I, I think it maybe originated when we were in Amsterdam <laughs> and on the dance floor. <laughs> Every man in the building wanted to uh, uh, shake hands with Paul. Because uh, <laughs> so that's where you got too the many good memories, lots of wonderful, 
Lots of wonderful people and uh, and and absolutely a legendary station. Yeah, Thank you for all the memories, Ron. You guys, cool, buddy. And, and uh, uh, Paul, we should mention, is another one of those WMC employees who met his wife at work. She worked at WMC when we were at 1960 right. Union. She was in the art department. So right. yes. a lot of great things happened. Yes. <laughs> People met and, and, you know. Absolutely. And you'd be surprised how many times she asked me to pose for her. <laughs> I'm like, you know, can you lay off this? I, I said, I, th- I feel uncomfortable. I want to call HR. But she said, no, just sit there for a little while longer. And she would do charcoal sketches of me, which she was fine. Okay. All right, Paul, thanks for calling. And I'm sorry you had to hear all that. Okay. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Hey, good morning, Ron and Karen and Jill and everybody hanging out at FM 100. Good morning. I have been listening to FM 100 for probably 30 years. Wow. And I want to tell you my two of my favorite stories. Okay. I remember, Ron, when you used to do... The Heine Winery Factory. Oh yeah, that was, that was just so funny back then. That's going way back. It just, but it was That's it was going a fun, way back. One of the funniest things but, ever. Or what was the other one? What else do you remember? Oh oh okay. <laughs> you were calling AAA in Texas, and you were acting like you were intoxicated, and that you were trying to contact an AA. But you instead of triple A, <laughs> yeah. And that, that lady good. kept going, what? You know, and and I was just about to fall out of my seat when I when I heard that. That's the funny stuff. Oh, that that's two of my funny funny. That's ones. a good one. Thank yeah, you for sharing that. That's a good one. We appreciate the love. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that again tomorrow. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I was like, I forgot about that. I forgot about that one. Uh, and Aaron, you said you got a call. One yeah. Time. So Sarah called in and she was like, okay, so I hear Steve on the air right now. And I, I, she wanted you guys to tell the story. There's two of them uh, about one of all of your shenanigans over the years. But one of them is when you would have people try to ski Mount Moriah. Oh my God. That was before I got here. And that was like in the eighties. So, so people who are just tuning in, FM 100, you had like, and we'll probably talk about this several times, but FM 100, Rock 103, and a couple other stations, that's all you listen to. But back in the 80s, they did this promotion that had to do with the street, Mount Moriah, and it was Ski Mount Moriah. Y'all had t-shirts and everything We made. did the whole thing on it and uh, you know, made commercials, you know, saying that it was open for the weekend. And you use all the skiing terms like slopes and black runs and everything that you can think of to... And then uh, people were looking for it forever, you know, because we ran a ton of commercials and <laughs> it was con- they were convinced that it was for real. So That's awesome. It was a good one. And we made T-shirts and stuff. Yeah, I remember seeing the T-shirts for it. I think it. I got a sweatshirt at home that says Ski Mount Mariah. So, you know, get it, Mount Mariah. It's the only, yes. mount, it's the only mount we have here. Right. <laughs> I feel like many people in Memphis have trust issues because of Ron. You yes, think? they do. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> That's a good point. For those who may not know, Ron is a habitual liar. I am a habitual liar. <laughs> but I've never, I, probably, and uh, those of you that have been in radio a long time or know George Klein was the uh, guy right. who passed away That's where years you learned ago. it. I did learn it from him because when I go to a club, you know, he'd be up there emceeing a thing and I'm sitting at a table and he'd say, I like, thanks, Silver Shepherd, for coming in tonight. So I'd stick my head up like a little groundhog and like, I don't see her, but she she's got to be here. Why would he say she's here when she's not here? And it went on forever, and he kept doing that. And I, I would look, I don't see him. Then finally, it dawned him he's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> he's a liar. <laughs> he's a liar with a straight face, and you just pretend it's true. Then, then I would go home the next day and say, "You won't believe it was at the club last night." And they Sybil Shepherd hanging out. <laughs> Saw her there. That's, that's like crazy. that's like that time you the one time we did get a lot of calls and backlash was early when I came here and you said Adele's gonna be down at the riverboat singing the national anthem and I'm like <laughs> oh my gosh you can't say that <laughs> I 
happened at a very early age never to right. miss work because Ron would just make oh, up whatever reason was, he wanted. You could not even enjoy no, a vacation day couldn't. because you would find out later that you had gone to the Andes Mountains to hike or that you were in a terrible car. I mean, he would make up all kinds of horrible things. I went to the, uh, I one day apparently I flew to Switzerland to try yes. out to be the new yes. Swiss Miss Coco girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one can ruin a vacation like Ron Olsen. It was terrible. Stand beside you is our legendary uh, announcer, dude. We love him. Uh, Rob Grayson. Rob, Rob I live, live for, for the, the weekend, weekend Grayson. Grayson. And I've got to put this in, and it's a concept that you're taught in radio, and nobody ever uses it, but Ron is the king of it. It's called theater of the mind. Thank yes. you. Boom. I love that. You have a clean palette. <laughs> <laughs> it takes nothing to build the sets like in TV. That is but true. Ron, right. Right, he he can he can tell you this stuff, and and everyone believes it. That's yeah. right. Speaking of that, that's another story that Sarah wanted you to talk about, where there was apparently a man that worked at the library that looked like Bob Seger, and you were having people come down to uh, the library to meet Bob Seger. That was kind of right. Well, so <laughs> that could have been another story. But again, this is before most of us started here at FM 100. But Ron, and was it you and Childers and Preston and all those people? Yeah, we'll talk yeah. more about this with Childers later, yeah. I think, Ron Childers. But it was the Motley Crue reading room. Right. That was what it was. It's a, now it's changed to the Bob Seger Yeah, but that's room. all right. <laughs> Bob could read. Bob was, but Motley Crue, we weren't sure if they knew how to read I have not. learned that as we've been reminiscing right. with a lot of people, the stories have changed a little bit over the years. Just Everybody's version of them anyway. Right. So many great ones out there. It's going to be a fun day. We're going to uh, blow this thing up at noon today. And uh, it's going to be kind of fun to see what happens. It becomes uh, country. It does F- come country. Now, just... let's talk about that for a second. Here's Chris our... Michaels. Yes, let's talk about it. So, 94.1 The Wolf will be taking over this frequency at 12 o'clock as 99.7 The Wolf. And as we all in this room know that it's a great country station. It's got a, a huge fan base and huge following. And it's going to be, uh, you know, very, very exciting for the Wolf Country listeners. And we invite you to, you know, continue after 12 o'clock and support 99.7 The Wolf. Right. Uh, so it's going to be fun. It's if you be... need more poppy music, yeah. more music what? like this, come on down to the river. What? 104.5. I love it. I, I, I heard this happened over the weekend, too. People come up to me, what are you doing these days? What are you doing now? And I'm like, <laughs> still here. Man. Well, thanks for listening, number one. <laughs> number two, I work at the river now, and I've been there for five and a half years, so... Thanks for staying on top of the whole program. Well, just so you know, uh, when people, when I would go out about and people were like, oh, okay, so what do you do? And I say, oh, I work at FM 100. I do mornings. And they're like, oh, isn't Ron there? I go, actually, he's been over at the river for a few years now. So right. I've grown a beard. Since- <laughs> <laughs> you anyway, shaved your beard. A lot of good memories. How about this lady? How many times did we sing and dance with her over the years? From Sykeston, Missouri. Who grew up listening to FM 100. That's, that's right. That's the truth, Joe. It is true. I, re- I believe it. Okay. Not, that is, it is true. It is true. Yes. I belong long way from here. Today, we celebrate the legacy of FM 100. We do celebrate the legacy of FM 100. And that's Hi, this is Rob Grayson. I was on FM 100 from the years... 1988 through 2008, mostly doing weekend shifts and fill-in work. That was under the ownership of three or four different companies, under the reign of five or six different program directors. Lots of here's what's happening on FM 100, many color radar weather forecasts, a bunch of whatever weekends, but most of all, many discussions on the phone with our friend Michael who would call. I always promised him if I ever became program director at FM 100, we would bring back the phrase, 
Memphis Best Music. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. At least one of us knew that was never going to happen. Right, right. And over the span of 20 years, thousands of misdirected phone calls, at least once per shift, from people trying to reach the home shopping network Amen. and instead getting FM 100's toll-free number. But always, the great constant, there was always Ron Olson. Hey. Best wishes as they enter the era of the howdy hits. Good luck. <laughs> That is awesome. So Rob Grayson is the best. Yes. Rob Grayson is like a radio legend in Memphis. Absolutely. Rob, I live for the weekend, Grayson, and so so beautifully encapsulated that in 60 seconds like no other could. Right? Yeah. Love yes. him. All sorts of great stuff coming up with Rob in a few minutes. Then Jill Bucko in the studio this morning flew all the way in just to be a part of the uh, See You Later FM 100 thing. Yeah, I had to be here. All right. Had to look you in the face That's while right. we were talking it's good finally. to see you again. We worked together for five years as partners, right? Yeah, and you, I like to say, Ron handpicked me to be on the morning show with him, which I, I, I was I saying did. this earlier with Ryan and Aaron that I felt like I won the lottery when you did that. <laughs> you feel like, no, you do. You feel like someone special because, you know, I grew up listening to you and I said this to you when I first started working. You're like, you're like we're not going to talk about that right, part. Right. Well, That's good. He frowns then on I was that there. for some I was reason. the first one in, uh, when you had your baby. I was the first one to kiss your little baby. You were, my mother would, always says that you deserve yeah. a muffin basket or oh an God. edible arrangement. I, or, we worked through the entire pregnancy. pregnancy. And then when the baby came, we took the baby to all the biscuit breaks. <laughs> We did bring the baby to everything. You're right. absolutely correct. You went correct. everywhere with us. Oh, my gosh. But you were the... It was... I announced I was pregnant on the air with you. Right. Didn't tell you about it. Right. I announced that it was a boy. I announced his name. I still... He still has in his room. You gave him this piggy bank that says Elliot on it with music no notes. Yeah, and it's still in his room. See, what kind of guy am I? I you're so... You're, Put no, you're your right. money in the bank. Unless it was Christmas time when you tried to re-gift me the popcorn maker that I think no. somebody else gave you, but that's I fine. I about that. <laughs> But yeah, we've been. I feel like a lot of big life changes yeah. I, I accomplished here. Yeah, you know, with you um, on the air, and it, it just seems like it was it was so long. And then you know, we're gonna set aside the whole time when I, Karen, we were talking about this. That Ron's a big fat liar, and I was uh, absent one day. I forget if I was sick or I went on vacation. And you told everybody I got my hair caught in the ceiling fan at Club 152. <laughs> and that I was over at Baptist Memorial. Did your mother call you? My father had yes. people calling him. Yes. Saying, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. Is Jill okay? I heard she got in this horrible accident. Her hair got caught in the ceiling fan because she was dancing on the tables at Club 152. And that was the moment. That was oh, really that was the a moment. Good one. We learned just to never trust God. what Ron said. Ever. Ever. Great. Club 152 was a big part of all of our lives. Oh, my gosh. That, that was thing, unbelievable. That went on forever downtown, didn't it? Is that still there? I don't know. I don't you know. know. My club days are I don't drive gone, past the but... parkway anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so old. I know it does. Sounds really old. But, it was, uh, uh, it's been a great ride. It is. All right, we got a lot of stories going on today, and uh, you didn't tell them about it in your house when you lived there. Remember, I always thought about it this morning, how many mice you had in your house. Remember? Oh, the- my gosh, it was unbelievable. It was the weirdest thing. It was like I was trying to trap them you all. You make me sound like I'm a dirt ball. But <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, though. No, house was full of mice. It was just, I had a lot, of big backyard, and I had right. a lot of trees. Right. And my cats were worthless. They right. never caught the mice. But they played Ron, with the mice. I had a Norwegian roof rat. I don't know what it was oh, yeah. doing at my house. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Came in off a big uh, cruise ship, probably. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Came all the way to Memphis. I don't know what my problem was with those mice. I know it. So hopefully your conditions are better now. Oh, room. no, they're great. Yeah, I live okay, on good. a second good. floor <laughs> loft now. We're good. No mice. Right. We're uh, sharing stories. and we got time for some phone calls. Or anybody sure. wants to chime in and share a story. And we'd love to hear you. Here's the phone number. It's uh, 901-621-0100. That seemed like a big phone number. Is that too many letters? I think no, it's, I think it's just the way it's written on that piece of paper. 
Oh, okay. You wouldn't punch in Z E R O. That's correct. That would be too many numbers. Are we teaching be. Ron how to use a phone? Is this yeah, apparently, apparently. Well, this morning we were watching TV and uh, they had apparently some big golf tournament yesterday. And the headline across Channel 5 on the Today Show read something to the effect of Epic Putt Clinches Tournament. Right. Mm. And I thought it said Eric Putt. I thought, what a great name for a golfer. <laughs> He won, and his name is Eric. I said, Putt. dude, his name is last name is not Putt. First and of I thought, all, is it and epic? I think it Putt? said Epic. It was Epic. Speaking of Epic, this is an Epic radio station that started in 1967. I think these guys might have been around then. Ron and Karen and Cindy and Aaron and everybody's hanging out today. The reason we played Bruce Springsteen because I want to tell you my Bruce Springsteen uh, story. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, you probably heard it a thousand times before if you know me, but it's one of my favorite moments of all time. Uh, back in, uh, I guess it was 77, 78, Bruce Springsteen came to town, young kid. A couple things happened. He was uh, uh, fairly new on the music scene, and but he was really catching fire. And it was the weekend that he came to Memphis to play the Auditorium North Hall. Also the time that he went to Graceland and climbed over the wall and went up and knocked on the front door. And this sounds like BS. Knock- it sounds like a Ron story. No, it is true. He knocked on the door trying to see if Elvis was still alive and tried to see if Elvis would come to the door. He didn't come to the door and they escorted him off the property. <laughs> Rightfully so, Ron. He goes to the cupboard restaurant on Union Avenue by himself and he's he looks like he weighs about 100 pounds all grizzly and looking like this. And he went in there to buy a lunch at the cupboard, and uh, they uh, he tried to play with a hundred dollar bill. They thought it was uh, suspect. They no. thought he was, uh, you know, counterfeit. So they called the cops on him. Stop! No. The cops come to the cupboard and realize it really is a hundred dollar bill, and it's okay to buy lunch with a hundred dollar bill. So we go to the show that night. After the show, I get Mr. DJ. I get to go backstage and hang out. There's nobody back there. Bob Kelly, the guy that ran Mid South Concerts, is back there. Rest in peace. And uh, rest in peace, Bob. And uh, so here comes Springsteen uh, after the show. He's already had time to go get a shower. So he comes out with no shirt on. He's drying his hair, just clean out of the shower. <laughs> says, hey, what's right? This, I met him and it was Bruce Springsteen. I'm like, you know, blown away. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life at that time. And he always puts on a great show. Naked Bruce Springsteen. Well, just me, Bob Kelly, and Bruce. And over in the corner was a guy wearing a baseball cap and uh, with his girl. And they were kind of standing off. He kind of drifted back in all of a sudden. He takes his hat off and goes like this. It's Bob Seger. So Bob Seger and his girlfriend or wife had flown into Memphis to see this guy named Bruce Springsteen because they'd heard that something really big was going on with him. Wow. And that's when Bob Seger was kind of the king of the whole thing. Right. And it was almost like I got to witness the passing of the torch there a little bit that uh, get ready because it's going to be a wild ride. Mm. So those are my favorite moments of being in radio. That's awesome. Because we have opportunities to meet people like that from time to time. Absolutely. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you want to say hello to Tom Preston Giacomo? Let's say hello to Tom Preston Giacomo. Legendary Tom Preston Giacomo standing by. And uh, this whole event wouldn't be possible without him. Are you ready? Ready. Let's talk. We're going to talk about it right now. Tom Preston Giacomo in the room. Can we get him up? What am I doing wrong? Right. He's right here. With this one, yeah, reach that hand way over. <laughs> Hold on. Come over Hold here. Hold on. Help is on the way. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Boom. I'm sorry. 
Hi, it's Tom Prestigiacomo. I was here from 1979 to 2007. Uh, this is my opportunity to do something that I didn't get a chance to do, and that's to say thanks and goodbye. But not before I remember a few things. FM 100 means music. How's that? I'll start it that way. My radio's picking up FM 100. That was the coolest thing we ever did. My favorite thing that we did was probably the first thing that we did, and that was draft a basketball team of people who worked at the station. And when I say the station, I mean FM 100 and WMC TV 5. We had a lot of their personalities. The game wasn't to be an undefeated, you know, Harlem Globetrotters type of thing, but it was just a chance for us to get out and meet the people. <laughs> we also had an all-star game. It was a pickup game with Jerry Lawler's Army, his softball team. Oh, yeah. Who, he, I swear they were all professionals. The best. <laughs> Star-Spangled Celebration. Yes. When we saluted America and all of the people, and we always, whether we had the fireworks downtown or whether we had the fireworks out at uh, Shelby Farms, it was absolute fun. True. And the soundtrack mm-hmm. that Steve Connolly used to put together was yes. awesome. Epic. Uh, we had a blast. I helped him put it together. 32 sure. Stories of Light, one of my favorite things that we did is our annual event with Make-A-Wish and how much money we raised. And we gave 32 wishes for Make-A-Wish that year. I'll always remember the chance to be on Wheel of Fortune. I was a big fan of Wheel That's of Fortune. Right. And then yeah. there was an opportunity to be on Wheel of Fortune. And I went with a listener and we flew out to uh, California and got a chance to be on Wheel of Fortune. She won $28,000 in cash and prizes, and they gave a like amount of money to the teacher supply fund at Richland Elementary. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Before we go any further, I want to remember somebody who was on our station. She was an actress and and ended up out in California, uh, J. Karen Thomas. She and I did a show called Hot Rocks, Mm. which was a locally produced music video show that was absolute cornball. I wouldn't have had it any other way. J. Karen passed away uh, about 10 years ago. And then just to remember the other guys who worked 6 to 10, Memphis Mike Murphy was the guy in charge from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And then there was Mark Kessler and Will Pendarvis and Barry Fox, the fox that rocks. Uh And Henry Nelson's always been around. Scott Ennis, who did a, an impersonation of, of Alf, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Alf. And, and he still owes me a dollar. So if you ever see Scott Ennis, make sure he gives you that. He talked about that. TGI FM 100 parties. We were officially in charge of kicking off the weekend in the city. We didn't wait for anyone to tell us what time the party started. <laughs> we started as soon as you got there. Oh, so good. You know, I could go on, but it's already Thursday. And <laughs> I didn't mean to take so much of your time. I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciated being a part of this. I am what Jane Lynch would refer to as the weakest link, (laughs) but I had a great time. Two last goodbyes. One to Cindy DeBartolabin, who taught me to make sure that the toilet paper was rolled over (laughs) instead of under. Right, right. And to um, Karen Perrin, who in one master class taught me how to eat French onion soup (laughs) without hurting it (laughs) or myself thank you both for listening and don't forget to hug your babies when you get home tonight even if they're 40 now good night dancing jimmy wherever you are okay i'm being forced to say this come on on. never never give up but do know when to let go thanks and goodbye Thank you, Tom. All right, Tom. Making us cry. Miss you, Tom. Tom Preston Giacomo, y'all.
miss you, girl. Rolling Stones, one of my other fun stunts that we did in radio, involved the Rolling Stones back in the day. That song right there was the one that kind of uh, launched a, a lot of stuff for me. I think it, uh, Stones were, uh, they put that song out, Miss You, right? And uh, nobody was paying attention to it. So one of the record guys said, man, man, the old days, they used to go on and they love a song. They play it over and over and over and over and over. So I said, let's do that. Played the song about seven or eight times. PD comes in. This is all set up, but we made it sound real. Right. Theater of the mind for Rob Grayson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, uh, he said, well, you got to get off the air. You know, you're suspended. You know, you can't do that. So I go to my house, which I live right behind the station, by the way. Uh, in those days, and there's a lot of stories there we'll tell later. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Do later. we want to know? I don't know if you can tell crazy. those stories. Yeah, I might have had a house of, uh, I won't say it, but anyway, so I played the song, uh, and, I, and I went home. He said, You're off the air. So he ca- called back and said, I want to get back on the air. And he said, Well, you got to do uh, one or two things. If you can get Mick Jagger to call me uh, right now, we'll, uh, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll let you back on the radio. I said, I can't get Mick Jagger to call you. Uh, he said, then I need a petition with uh, 500 signatures on it to say that uh, Memphis loves the Rolling Stones and we should keep playing this thing. So I said, all right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get you these, uh, the signatures. I said, uh, the next 500 people that come to the station right now, 500. Here we go. I'm going to give you a copy of the Some Girls album. 500 people show up at the radio station down the sidewalk, past the parking lot at Channel 5 on Union. 500. That's crazy. It is. Well, then we called the record company. We called, but we didn't get permission to give them away. So it was kind of scary because you could only <laughs> Did use they the, give them to you? They gave us, number two? They gave us all of them. They oh. said, and they loved that. They said, that's the kind of stuff that the Rolling Stones love, controversy. And so anyway, I go on vacation to come back and then... Uh, they, they tell me that uh, Peter Rudge, who's the manager for the Rolling Stones, wants to talk to you. So make sure you record it because he has something he wants to tell you. You know, he calls the uh, station and, hello, Ron, it's Peter Rudge. I understand you love the Rolling Stones. I said, yes, I do. And he goes, I understand you put your neck on the line for him and you got in a little trouble. And I said, yes, we did. Well, Ron, because of you and your love for the Rolling Stones, I want you to go on the radio right now and tell everybody that the Rolling Stones are coming to Memphis. And so they'd already announced the tour dates, and they hadn't put Memphis on the list. So they recorded that. The next day, they had a press conference. Bob Kelly did set up a table. All the media was there to take, you know, what's the, what's the excitement? Back in the day, you know, what's what show's coming to town? You kidding? This must be big. They're having a press conference. So then he played the tape of our conversation I had with Peter Rudge. And the funny thing was, and it was deals where you had to go to Ticketmaster, Ticket Hub, and I buy remember. your tickets. They're probably six or seven bucks. But anyway, he said, the tickets are on sale now. So this Coliseum where the show was it sold out in three hours and people stopped what they were doing to go get tickets to see the Stones so uh, fast forward go to the show and uh, the Rolling Stones said we want you to come backstage we got something for you go back there they give me a gold record for Miss You no wow So, which is pretty cool to have, yeah there's a lot of good gold records out there that's a good one but then, um, uh, Furry Lewis, by the way, was the opening act for Of course, Stones. of course they were. Furry Lewis. Or he yeah. was, or they were. <laughs> he was, Karen. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard they of him. They were popular. For, I thought it was like Huey Lewis's cousin. Right. Like no, Frank Huey Stallone. Lewis's cousin, Furry, was here. Right. <laughs> so, 
All right, so then uh, uh, during the show, I'm sitting there with my date, and we're he- checking out the show, and I said, this is a pretty crazy day, having a lot of fun, and we got pictures with him, that famous picture of me and Mick Jagger, right. that's where that came from. So as we're sitting there ready for the show to start, this lady and this guy come in, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, she sits down next to me. I look over, it's Tina Turner. No. Sitting next to Tina Turner at the Rolling Stones show. And we find out later that when she passed, that she that Mick Jagger learned all of his moves and worshipped her. That's where he got all of his dance moves on stage. And so that's the story. Wow, that's a that's long one. Pretty incredible. That was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you've heard it twenty times. <laughs> I don't. Tell her. I can't tell you how many times Ronald go. I got a story. Karen's like, I've already heard it. I'm walking out of here. <laughs> Now I, now I preface myself most times with say, if you tell me if I've heard this so he can stop me on the front end. All right, so we're having a lot of fun. We're taking phone calls. We'll come back and check out. we got two more hours of this. I'm exhausted. And Gwen's got two more stories to fill I in. I think I'm going to take a break. <laughs> okay, you know what? Okay, uh, right, let me hit this button.